0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, toward the bottom of the hour, we will get our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He spent Saturday night, as did 15,000. Cyclone fans at Jack Trice Stadium covering Iowa State as they picked off Oklahoma. Oklahoma now winless in the conference. Iowa State now unbeaten in the conference. How about that? Good for the clones. We'll get into that in the first segment. Scott Darkerman coming up at 1230. We're going to do a Monday night football segment Uh, coming up. Oh, roughly quarter to 11 or thereabouts. There are two games tonight, as most of you are aware. The Packers, they're the late game. That game has been pushed back until just before 8 o'clock uh, they will host Atlanta. Uh, no Devonte Adams, no Alan Lazard, but Dave Sinekin will be here. Uh, the headcheese.com is his blog. If you're a Packer fan, I highly recommend you following Dave on Twitter. TC Headcheese is where he's on Twitter. Uh, but uh, the uh, Headcheese blog for the Cyclone fans in the listening audience. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com on the Chiefs and the Patriots, which was rescheduled to tonight. That gets underway at 6 o'clock and full coverage, which kind of surprised me, I thought it would be regional. That's yeah. the way they had been going. Such a big game. I mean, CBS. <laughs> that would have been a blow, right? Not to have Patriots and in and uh, uh, Chiefs in that late window yesterday, but we will get uh, the game tonight at six o'clock on CBS Channel A KCCI. Yeah,
2: ESPN can't be real pleased about that, especially looking at the matchup with Atlanta and the struggles that they have had, yep. coupled with Devontae Adams. So did you see, have you been following this back and forth this morning? Yes. Devonte Adams has a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm.
1: And Twitter question- account.
2: Been questionable all week. So he comes out and tweets. It's now been deleted. Yep. But tweets that, sorry, Packer Nation, but I'm out for all of them. Right. T- to paraphrase. That's what he said. Now he deletes the tweet. And it sounds like there has been leading into this some... Um, disagreements with Devontae Adams in his camp and this injury. that I'm unaware of. And the Packers' side. And reading between the lines here, you wonder what's happening behind closed doors. Hmm. Well, probably over phone calls. Are they pushing him to play? Is that what your take is? It kind of sounds that way. The wide receiver group. No Alan Lazard, as we know, after his injury last week. It's Scanlon Valdez. And... Who uh, and 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 who? Right. Um, I don't know. With no with no Devonte Adams on their current roster, they only have three healthy receivers. Exactly. Three. They'd have to probably bring up two guys Oof. from the practice squad in order just to get to five for tonight's matchup. Oh. Mr. Monday Night will be here tonight. Oh, I love he? this. Well before. But I will be playing a total tonight in that game. Interesting. Well, then you've also got some action with the with our picks that, <laughs> too. that carries on. Now, over. I wish I could have got them at 11, but <laughs> you told me beforehand because I was already trying to quibble with you a little bit. You know, that, that number's 11 now, but our picks lock when we make our picks on Friday. Well, the point you spread to, that we have.
0: Right. If you were to walk back into Prairie from your ticket that <laughs> you purchased on Friday at seven and a half and light to exchange because you want the more points, what would they do?
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> Get away, uh-huh. can't you bother me? You know, uh, speaking of that, now you do have a nice middling opportunity if you yeah, do have I'll one see. of those tickets holding seven, and now it's up to 11 and 8, 9, 10. Those are pretty decent numbers to have, especially uh, the way the NFL has played, extra points missed, uh, and the like compared to past years. That eight number, nine number were kind of dead in the past. Not anymore with the goofiness there. I was also thinking of this. So I'm in a contest. We make five picks every week, college pro, whatever, kind of like the super contest that they have out in Vegas. And when I made my picks and sent them to my buddy on Friday, I love the Eagles, love the Eagles. And then last night, leading into the game, it was about I don't know five thirty, six o'clock. You got talked out of the Eagles. I, you know what? I still got to get my picks. I was kind of looking at some of the Monday night games, looking at a few others. Let, let's just flip flop it. Just <laughs> just lay the points with the forty and just. You can't do that, right? No, you can't. Just go with your initial Absolutely. And I'm going to do the same with the Patriots
0: tonight, plus seven. Well, yeah, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Excuse me. Uh, In the 11 o'clock hour, Bama Bob will lead it off as we do on Mondays. We'll recap the weekend. Fun weekend of college football, I thought. Um, you know what's disappointing, and it's going to change here in a couple of weeks, specifically in three weeks when the Pac 12 comes back. Seven o'clock's the late kickoff.
2: Yeah, thing. yeah. You don't get the yeah, you, the good games are over. Right. You're you finishing up and flip over. Let's see what's happening. Wind the very least. down a little yeah. bit
0: before you cash in your chips for the mm-hmm. night, and there's nothing cooking. There's no nine o'clock kickoff. No that Hawaii. Will change. Yeah, that will change here coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, So Bama, Bob, Trent, and I around college football, and then our friend Dave Sproul. uh, He will listen in to Matt Campbell's Campbell's teleconference, which starts about an hour from now. And then uh, Dave Sproul will join us about 11.30. We'll get the latest... On Iowa State as they get set to host Texas Tech before their bye week, which is kind of disappointing where the bye falls. Mm-hmm. You know, if it would have been the following week when, when look when the when the schedule came out and not that they would have taken it into consideration <laughs> right. anyways. But as a uh, fan of both teams in the state, um, you know either Iowa State's off, Iowa's off the weekend of the seventeenth, I think it is. Anyways, so let's get into Iowa State, Trent, because. Um, just a terrific you know what was disappointing? This is the only disappointing note I took away from the night. Because they're they're cranking Neil Diamond after the game, mm-hmm. right? And um it was Sean McDonough who said it very well. Like there were fifteen thousand people in the in the building. Ten years from now, there will have been you know, who knows <laughs> yes, how. Yeah. but point being, that was that was a night that Jack Trice deserved to be packed to the hilt. Mm-hmm. With their fan base as loyal as they are, and they really and truly are, um, it would have been good to see them pick off Oklahoma uh, in front of a packed house. But the people that were there, look, I it makes a difference. It Even does, if it's yeah. only 25% capacity, it makes a
2: big difference. It's the way that it very well should be. And you're know, watching the games on Saturday... When's uh, the Big Ten going to come to their senses on this, by the way? I don't think... I wouldn't be surprised if it never happens. You really would. Yeah, man. I just, I think that there's too many areas. Just to get it back, that was enough. Mm-hmm. And there's probably too many university presidents or chancellors that say, you know. That swallowed hard and yeah. to, to vote yes to return? we We allowed this, but let's not ah, go too far. That's a good take. And I think that's going to continue to be the prevailing notion. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the athletic departments are still saying, hey, look, even at fifteen twenty thousand 20,000 people, the big house twenty five thirty, that's still a huge impact to our bottom yes. line. And those tickets are a little more valuable. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can charge a little bit more for them. Sure. Suites, those types of things, make this happen. I, I think that's going to be the continued conversation, but on the surface, at the very least, the first two weeks, and and we'll see if they can get any headway. More than anything, they want to get things going. Because as we've seen with the NFL this week, a couple of cases and things can blow up very oh, quickly. Oh my. Yeah, the good news is
0: Tennessee didn't have any positives today. Right, but they, but there hadn't been a day go by that they hadn't had any since last week. So, uh, yeah, paying very close attention to that. But the uh, Patriots are on the plane. Uh, the Chiefs are waiting for them. They'll kick tonight at six o'clock, and then the Packers later on. So back to Iowa State um, and, and Oklahoma. Trent, I thought Iowa State they did some really good things. Mm-hmm. So let's face it, but this was not a clean game by any means. This was a a non Matt Campbell coached effort. There was a discipline. Where was the discipline yeah. out of this group? And this is one, I think, one of the calling cards of Matt Campbell. I mean, Vaughn. Who'd ever heard of this kid, Vaughn?
2: And then he gets ejected. And <laughs> then
0: he gets ejected. I mean, the, the Cyclone Nation <laughs> had to look at their roster <laughs> for the first time. Well, who's this 32? I've never seen him before. And the, the, his first impression on the on the fan base was him getting kicked out of the football game. But more penalties More ridiculous penalties. More non-Iowa State penalties than we've seen in a long time. And yet, they find a way to win the football game.
2: In a game where it certainly was not their best effort. It wasn't a fluke. This wasn't just a fluky victory where everything went right. It was just a confluence of everything coming together. It's not what this was. They outplayed them. Uh Oklahoma has their own warts. But for your Iowa State, you won this game by a score, by a touchdown. In a game where Brock Purdy did not play well, no, he, Trent, he should have been picked at least two. Like he
0: didn't, he didn't stink, but you're he right. He wasn't great. He, he was he was average. He was I agree with nine. you because there were a couple of passes, specifically one in the end zone. Yes, and look, the kid knocked the ball down, knocked the ball down. I get it, but Trent, it was right to
2: him, and that was a critical juncture in the football game. There was another play earlier, middle of the field. There Triple were, coverage. There were three guys around mm-hmm. and. I guess that's what you're doing when you play and Oklahoma because they
0: can't play defense. Well, that's true. And Blackledge pointed it out that, you know, this guy's just, he's fearless. Well, mm-hmm. there's one thing. It's one thing to be fearless, it's another thing to be prudent. Uh, but here, here's the difference in the football game a couple of them. The return was huge. Mm-hmm. Was huge. And Brees Hall. Yeah, number 28. Yeah. Trent, here's the star. I, he really is. A couple of things I really like about him, in addition to his talent that is on display seemingly every night, his pass pro mm-hmm. is next to none. He is, and this goes back, this isn't just one game. This is based on since he got his, worked his way into the lineup, well, four games in last year when he finally got his opportunity. He understands pass protection, and that will go such a long, long way. And wherever his career takes him. I love the way he hesitates after he's handed the ball. He kind of picks his spot and then, boom, goes. And that is um, that that gets him so many yards. And, and
2: boy, oh boy, he was such a difference in the football game the other night. So I uh, give you a list of all the skill position players on Iowa State. Wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, all these guys. Mm-hmm. How far down the list before you'd anticipate Dylan Sainer? Would be the guy that would throw a pass <laughs> yeah. in the football game. Xavier Hutchinson, sure. Landon Akers, yeah. oh, I could see that. Yeah. Brees Hall on a halfback toss. And <laughs> yes, you could buy all these different guys. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine, ten? How far do you have to go before yeah. Dylan Sainer comes up and uh, throws well, I it down guess, the field? I guess
0: he played quarterback in high school, so right. if I would have known that target, right, I right. might have elevated But just it down the, the surface oh, without that knowledge. I agree. On. No, absolutely not. Kohler had a huge role in the football game. Xavier Hutchinson, likewise. I thought he caught that ball that was... Now he dropped it. He didn't maintain the catch to the ground. But I thought that they were going to give it to him, and then they came back and they showed that uh, uh, they showed the angle uh, that they did, and was it was apparent that he didn't catch the football. But look, this is a good win, and and for Iowa State, everything's absolutely in front of them because when you look at this Big Twelve trend, when you take a look at the Big Twelve overall, TCU beats Texas. I mean, Texas, come mm-hmm. on, right? Right Now, TCU, that was their second game. So, as we've heard a million times, teams improve greatly between games one and game two. And Duggan's a star. Duggan is really, really good. He's so tough. Here's their biggest game on the schedule, in my opinion. And they're going to have to go to Stillwater coming out of the bye. So they get an extra week of preparation. When we saw week number, whatever it was, September the 12th, and we watched Tulsa and Oklahoma State, we both reconvened here on that Monday. And it was like, woof. Oklahoma State I mean, they're getting all this love. Uh, what, what, are, what, what did they miss? What are wideness on this Oklahoma State team? Now we see what Tulsa's starting to put together here. That win over Tulsa looks a whole lot better it than does. it did in week number one. I get it that they just pounded the piss out of Kansas, and everybody will take Kansas to the shed. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oklahoma State and Iowa State, to me look, you got to win over TCU. You've got that tiebreaker. Yeah. You've got to win over Oklahoma. You've got that tiebreaker. Texas Texas isn't any good. Who else is any good? Kansas State, maybe. K-State. Now, and you Skyler do, Thompson got hurt in a football did. game and really didn't good finish.
2: One. Yes, and that's something you got to keep your eye on. You do have that lingering doubt of Kansas State. Mm-hmm. For Iowa State, that's still there. But two teams get there. Right. You don't Split have to with, beat them in the division. Absolutely. There isn't division
0: Split with K-State and Oklahoma State. You got the tiebreaker over Oklahoma. I get that the Texas game is on Black Friday and it's in Austin. And Ellinger's Ellinger's a hell of a player, but the defense. Tom Herman's on his. I mean, he's got to be on very thin ice. though.
2: So are we sitting here on October fifth and saying if Big if Iowa State doesn't play for a Big Twelve championship, this is a disappointment? Ooh, let me. Ooh, um, yeah, I, I think so. I think so too. I, this is not being hyperbolic. This no. Is, no, if Look they, at the two wins that they've got. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma they've got the tiebreaker over TCU and Oklahoma. TCU's is going to win some football
0: games. They've they're going to win some yes, football games are. in this conference. They've got the tiebreaker over
2: Oklahoma. Oklahoma Oklahoma Bedlam's going to be out of this, out of this world this year. 7 and 2 gets you to the title game. Yes. F- find three losses now. Find three losses on the Iowa State stud. Even if you put Kansas State in there.
0: Find three losses on Iowa Even
2: find two more outside of Kansas State that you look at and say, "Boy, so Texas Tech this weekend, then the bye. Oklahoma State's going to be tough, and they have not played Absolutely. well under Kansas. They've, they've lost to Oklahoma State. Okay, there's two.
0: Okay, then they play who? Kansas. Kansas, okay, well that's not happening. Baylor at home? Baylor, I watch most of the Baylor-West Virginia game. I think that this is two okay, but yeah. not great teams. I'm Either I'm Both of them. Yeah.
2: Baylor, Iowa State's much better than
0: Baylor. Yes. And Daggy's a nice quarterback for West Virginia. Brewers, okay. Mm-hmm. Iowa State can, be, can beat both of those schools, yes.
2: There's the K-State game. Okay. At Texas. Yeah, Not scared of them. No, hell no. <laughs> at, at the very least, then you finish up at home with West Virginia. Mm-hmm. at 7-2. Is it a disappointment if at this point what's the date today? What did you just say? October fifth. Uh,
0: October the fifth. Is it disappointing after what we've seen after two two uh Big Twelve games?
2: Yes, yes, the answer is yes. That's where I am too. Yes. The the expectations uh-huh. are there now. Uh huh. You beat Oklahoma, you went on the road and beat TCU. No excuses. Nope. This is the year. The year is now. And yep. if there is ever a crazy year, yep. twenty twenty would be the year for Iowa you. State to win a conference title. I'm with you. And at least play for a conference mm-hmm. title. And whoever they line up against in that title game, I think they have a great shot right now. There's nothing that you look at and say you need to be concerned There's about anybody no in this
0: conference. No behemoth in this no. conference this year, and none.
2: No excuses on the other side. You know, for you can't have it both ways. Though you have to realize, yes, this is a down Big Twelve year. The conference is bad this year. Yeah, but who cares? The flag, right? The, the
0: flag that's going to fly at Jack Dray Stadium for 1912, and then the you put this one life. next to a 2020. Right. That's fine. Yeah. Fifteen years, ten years, five years. Hell next year, this winter they're not gonna look back and say, yes yeah, so it was twenty no. twenty. Let's get Jeff in here and then we'll come back to it. Uh Jeff, welcome to the program. Thanks for being patient. How are you?
3: Hey, thanks guys. You kinda, you know, started my uh not my argument but my thought process on it. Um you know, you guys are talking, you know, possible Big Twelve, um getting to the finals. It's crazy how in three weeks things change. Yeah. You know, they lose to Louisville or Louisville, they lose to Louisiana, Louisiana. yep. On ESPN, everybody's down. Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's calling in to your station and mm-hmm. your show and other shows. And now they beat Oklahoma, who they haven't beat since 1960 at right. home. That's true. And they beat Oklahoma. That was this. I mean, have this really soak in. This is They beat Oklahoma seven times in history. Mm-hmm. And, and two out of the last four years. Right. Now, you know. You guys are saying all this stuff. I'm trying to pump the brakes. Okay. I'm looking at it one game at a time. Yeah. To deal with Iowa State. Yeah. Um, but my biggest thing, and just as the you know as Campbell said after the game, there was a lot of hiccups. There yeah. was a lot of flags. So if they clean that up, you know they go into Texas Tech. They take care of business. They have the buy, and then like you guys have said, in two weeks that's going to be a huge game. But where they were week one to now, yeah. I don't care if you're an Iowa fan, or an Iowa State fan. They've got better, and that's the. And I think for me, that's the best part. You know, picking yourself up from the mat, competing at the at the highest level, beating Oklahoma. I don't care if Oklahoma's bad, good. If Iowa State beats Oklahoma, that's a big deal.
0: Yep. So, no. no doubt. You guys, have a good day. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the call. Uh, beat Texas Tech this week, and then mm-hmm. the twenty fourth of October. Did you? Were you watching after? I mean, they're singing the song. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Yeah, they're they're in the end zone, and and Matt Campbell. I can't remember who the. Oh, it was was it? Um, it was Todd McShay, but he wasn't the one doing the interview on the sideline, was he? Anyways, Campbell's post game interview on TV. I didn't see it. No, and the sideline reporter thought that Matt Campbell. I think it was a she, but I don't remember. Whoever it was said, seemed like you're getting emotional. Yeah. No, he was pissed off. Oh, really? He started to almost correct her. No, that's not it. I'm disappointed the way that this team played because it was so non Matt Campbell like coached football. The lack of discipline, Mm -hmm. the uh, the the uncharacteristic penalties that we saw out of this Iowa State team. Normally, when you get a chance to Oklahoma and you beat Oklahoma and you shoot yourself in the foot the way they did. A couple of times, that they're not winning. They're coming out on the short end of the state. Yep. Oh, if they only wouldn't have done this. Oh, if
2: we only wouldn't have... So They they self-destructed, and then they still won the football game. In a game where you didn't play your best. No, the quarterback didn't play his best. And you, play, you beat Oklahoma. Right. And you do that. And that 60... We're not talking about... This isn't Baylor. That's a new addition to the Big 12. And you've been in the same conference as Oklahoma. Right. You played them at home. I know during the initial Big 12 years, it wasn't every other year, but... Right. There's been a lot of games in there, Trent. I was 18 months old. I'm an old man. <laughs> 1960. Yes. Out of the 15,000, how many other were actually in the stands the last time in 1960? Yeah, boy, that's a wonderful question. A handful, a half dozen. I, I mean, I I was being generous with five. You yeah. went six. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah and that's a story there.
2: That that's a story for you know a news channel or something that's like that. Zach Creglow. Yes, S- send you send your boys
0: out to find that uh, to get on that. Yes. That's that's a that's a really good story. I Was like there it.
2: as a youngster yeah. saw the game and and, yeah. and there again and in a season like this where with the limited tickets, I mean yeah. that that just takes that number down even lower. The people that are old enough to be at that game, how many of them maybe could have got tickets but mm. said because of a global pandemic, well, I'm going to stay away.
0: Right. I mean, if you're a student, then you're in your 80s. Yeah, you're in your 80s. Right. Oof, man, that's crazy, 1960. Good for them, good mm-hmm. for them. Uh, now, as, as Trent said, it's a disappointment if they don't finish the job. I
2: get it, Texas Tech. Now, Bowman got hurt for Texas Tech, too, did he not? He did. I, don't, I haven't seen anything early this week. I'm sure that's going to be a huge part of the conversation. Yeah. But Texas Tech, I thought Wells would be a little further along here in year two. Mm-hmm. The loss to Kansas State, they did not look good for big stretches of that game. We know, of course, uh, the giveaway that they had against Texas the week before. Still, this is Texas Tech. They're going to come in here. They're probably going to be able to score. I mean, That's what they're going to be able to do. But if you're Iowa State, that's not a game you're concerned about. And they are a big, big 12, favorite. 12-13 right yeah. now, is it not? Almost two touchdown favorite.
0: Look, I don't care if they cover the spreader. The nope. game on the 24th, how big could that potentially be? Beat mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, everything's going your way. If you beat Oklahoma, you beat Oklahoma State, Cyclone fans... I don't know. It's Texas. I mean, Jerry Jones mm-hmm. puts people
2: for Cowboys games. There'll be availability to get yes, tickets. Yes. It absolutely. might only be 10,000. Well, those things will be gobbled up go very quickly. Go ahead and
0: make your plans. Yes. Go ahead and make your
2: plans. Get that hotel room locked uh-huh. in. Find something where you want to stay. Uh-huh. Get your mask, get your shield, whatever it takes, but make your way down there. Your team plays for a conference championship. You have to be there. It, it would be disappointing if they
0: didn't. All right, couple of notes. Let's uh, let's move around. We've got Scott Dockerman coming up in a couple of minutes. I want to talk about your Bears just real quick. Oh. Uh, I know you don't want to. <laughs> um,
2: what, what did you think? I mean, the offense is just absolutely... It's dreadful. It's awful, Trent. There's not a whole lot you can do. And I was one of the people I know. I'm not alone looking at Twitter, but can't you put in Mitchell Trubisky? You know I'm not a Trubisky fan by any means. I, I think he's bad. I thought it was going to happen, man. I did. They couldn't do anything. Yeah. They couldn't do anything in mm-hmm. the game. I know the Colts is a pretty good defensive team. Yep. Offensive line's excellent. Yep. This is, The was, Forrest Buckner's been a huge addition to that football team. That was a winnable game. And you just couldn't generate anything. There were drop passes. There were deflections that, that went to the Colts. It was an ugly one, but I was ready. This isn't working. Trent, uh, from waking up on Sunday morning 3-0 to going to bed on Thursday night, it might be 3-2. Yeah, and very quickly it goes from, we <sighs> were saying last week, because of the seven teams now in the playoffs, they're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. That they were going to get in. It, it might be 9-7. and seven. Path to 9 looks a lot more difficult now after that performance. And it's not that they lost. I didn't think they were going to win. I, I like the Colts, and I like laying the points, the two and a half that it was. It wasn't that. It was just the way that it played out, how it looked out there. And old number nine, Nick Foles, certainly didn't look like Jim McMahon. Uh-uh. He had a lot of Mike Glennon look yep. to him. Yeah. That was not a pretty one no, either. They don't have a quarterback, Trent. No. They don't have a quarterback. The offensive line has improved a ton. Uh huh. But there was no room for David Montgomery yesterday. No, not at all. And he can't do that, and he can't make plays, and he only really have one receiver. And this is what's going on. Well, to you happen. know who
0: they that, that they, the the uh, the rookie, the eleven. Yes. What's his name? Eleven. He's from incredibly from talented. Yes. Uh, Mooney. Mooney.
2: Yeah. Good player. He'll be nice. They got something there. Yeah. Him and Robinson, tight ends. Jimmy Graham's old. Yeah. He's all right. Why isn't Komet playing? Not ready. I guess. Can't block. Because he was a second-round pick. Uh, That's what Ryan Pace likes to do. Uh, Wait second-round picks on crappy tight ends. Yeah,
0: really. Well, guess what's back, folks? And it's back for the next six weeks. Uh, It's uh, an opportunity for you a whole bunch of times here on KXNO to win $1,000. And right now it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword... Check to 200 200 right now. It's your chance to win a $1, $1,000. Check.
1: Apply in this nationwide contest.
0: All right, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic next, then an MNF segment with Dave Stinnick and TheHeadCheese.com and Nick Athan on The Chiefs. Bama Bob at 11.05. More on Iowa State with Dave Sprout 11.30. Miller, oh, and Mr. Monday Night. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's uh, Miller and Conten until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. and 10- Ken Miller, Trent Condon,
1: Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO.
0: Hi, 1030 Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. If you just missed the keyword, it's check. Check to 200 200
2: One hour from now, we'll have another one. Thank you, Mistress Brewing Company, our sponsor. Yes, sir. thank you for that, of Trent Condon. $1,000 uh, each and every hour, and let's get one away on Miller & Condon. Let's let's it, make it happen. We've been over be at this be the first time, Trent, yes. since we've been doing this.
0: Uh, let's get Scott Dockerman in here. He was at Jack Trice Stadium. Well, a couple of weeks, he'll be at Kinnick Stadium. And then all will be right in the world is all the Power 5, com- well, the next week the pink, the, yeah. the Pac-12 comes back. By the way, they're going to kick off at 9 o'clock Pacific time. Did you see that? Really? 11 o'clock window here, noon uh, Eastern. Yeah, the Pac-12, they want to take advantage. They need the TV cash. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic joins the program. Hello, Doc, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. Scott, how are you?
4: I'm doing well, guys. How are you this Monday morning?
0: Doing pretty well. Doc, you were there for Louisiana when there were no fans in the stands. You were there Saturday night when there was 15,000 uh, in the stands. It certainly seemed to make a difference on TV. Um, you know, I'm not sure you could hear much. I think you can hear in the press box. But uh, just your thoughts, the difference from no fans to 15. I think it makes a
4: difference. I mean, you can tell that the... The crowd was a little bit more vocal. You could hear them at times, and certainly when it came to uh, critical moments, they were very vocal. Uh, But, you know, it's a different type of tone. I mean, they were all wearing masks, so it wasn't quite as loud as it normally Uh would be even with 15,000, and then you throw on the fact of, you know, I I can't imagine what Jack Rice would have been like Saturday night had uh, it been full, and everybody could have yelled and screamed. It It would have been a crazy scene, but... But that said, you could definitely tell that they were into it, and at the end of the game and after the game, uh, they were most definitely into it.
2: For an Iowa State program that hasn't played for a Big 12 title after the construction of that conference, so 25 years ago or so, haven't won a conference title in over 100 years, Ken and I think that anything short of at least getting to that conference title game now is a disappointment. There's still a lot of games in front of you, you still got seven more to go, but Do you see it in the same vein with what else you're seeing across the Big 12?
4: Kansas, that just about every team probably looks at its schedule and thinks, like we got a chance to get to uh, Dallas that last weekend. And, uh, you know, based on, you know, the way the Cyclones played, uh, you know, Kansas State. And and then you look at the way that those teams have improved over the first game of the year. And that's all that, you know, Iowa State played. You know, not only did they give up a lot of big plays against Louisiana, but they played poorly, Mm -hmm. and I think they would agree to that. So I I think a lot of teams have made strides. I think you you cannot discount Oklahoma or Texas and their talent. You never can, and and uh, you know, and then you look at you know, there is some really good coaches in the league, and Matt Campbell certainly is at or near the top of the list. Gary Patterson is at or the top of the list. I mean, you know, so I think that there is going to be some really fascinating. you know, wins and losses. I think everybody's susceptible to getting beat at certain times. So, I, I think this is going to be a really fascinating year to watch it. And I think Iowa State's got a real chance to get there. I really do.
0: Uh, Scott Dockerman is our guest. Doc, uh, let's move over to the uh, your full-time beat, and that's covering Iowa. Your piece this morning. You know, I forgot all about Jake Doozy and 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 the physical talent that this guy had. Uh, I'm glad you wrote that piece, Doc, because he seems like to be. You know, in that mold of tight ends, and gosh knows, uh, I was put a lot of them in the league, <laughs> including one who played last night on Sunday Night Football. My God. George Kittle is so fun to watch play. Beathard gets a shot, but the tight ends, and in particular Doozy, who you wrote about today. Uh, I just I just, I didn't realize Dockard forgot all about him. He just kind of fell off the radar. And what was behind that? Yeah,
4: it's a really tough I mean, we've talked a lot in the past about Drew Watt and his situation, but, you know, Jake Doozy, in my opinion, would be playing, would be starting, would be on his second contract making millions of dollars had he not just had two awful uh, left knee injuries. I mean, going into his senior year, he was the number one tight end. He was, you know, Kittle was third and and Henry Krieger-Coble was second. He was the number one tight end uh, at Iowa going into that 2015 year and then in one of his final practices that spring he tears the patella tendon in his left knee and uh you know he did everything he could as quickly as he could probably too fast to try to get on the field And he did play a little bit that fall it it was mainly garbage coverage and ceremonial snaps but uh to get him in and and then he on christmas day out of pasadena he thought maybe he got a chance to play some more reps and then he ended up tearing it again Mm. took him a year to get Ready. He still had some, a few NFL chances. He went to different uh, tryouts and that, and they just, um, you know, the, the knee was just so far gone that even though he had done really well on a lot of those different, uh, you know, testings and stuff, it was just nobody really wanted to give him that chance. and And it's a sad story uh, because he had the talent. He would have been in the same discussion, no doubt, and in, in potentially a different order with uh, Kittle, Fant, and Hawkins, but he was that good, no doubt about it.
2: Let's go to the tight end position of today. We saw Sam Laporta last year really come onto the scene late in the season. Sean Byers still bouncing around, and then they got three or four kids very highly regarded coming out of recruiting circles that are on campus, ready to play. How do you anticipate that tight end position to sort itself out? And after the huge step down in production last year, where do you think it'll be in 2020?
4: It ends at the top. I think you're going to see Sean Beyer as his, you know, this is his fifth year. He'll probably be their their primary why, but I think Sam Laporta is also going to get pretty much even number of snaps. I mean, as you mentioned, he emerged late in the year. He, he led the team in receptions in the Holiday Bowl. He does kind of have that same feel as some of the other guys, particularly T.J. Hawkinson. So I think he's going to definitely play a lot. And both he and Beyer probably will – have similar numbers of snaps i mean but iowa does on occasion play with three so i'm anxious to see how elijah yelverton is mentioned from the dallas area who came aboard in january uh, luke lachey whose father jim lachey was an all-american offensive lineman at ohio state but luke is built way differently i mean he's he's six seven can jump out of the gym uh, and he showed that basketball season and could be a real weapon i'm not sure he's there yet i think he's probably a year away but uh yelverton definitely has a, a big tent body and and that's josiah Yeom, uh Yeoman. uh he's a, a beamen i'm sorry with him he uh he also has an opportunity to to come in and play and and so i i'd expect probably four to play at some point some on special teams but uh certainly i think laporta is the next one in that l- Line of really really good Iowa tight
0: ends. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic is our guest. Doc, I mean, there is some other uh, I think relevant Big Ten West news uh, that happened this weekend, and that's Wisconsin starting quarterback Jack Cohn, who's a starter, played last year. Man, Mary, it was it was Graham Mertz who arrived. Oh, this true freshman. Wisconsin has a quarter hasn't had a quarterback like this since Russell Wilson. This guy's a can't miss, and then he missed. Uh, <laughs> and Jack Cohn won the job and got hurt. Doc uh, in practice this have your colleagues with the athletic or have you seen Patricus, who seems <laughs> seemingly breaks every story when it comes to the badgers uh whether it be football or basketball but the severity of jack cohen's injury and how big of a factor this might be when it comes to the big 10 west
4: yeah we, we should know later today about the severity because i know paul Christ is talking about it i believe this morning so we'll know a little bit more about the severity of jack cohen's injury but you know, Graham Mertz, you know, was a guy last year. He was a true freshman. So, you know, he just, uh, he, it was hard. For, he was in that difficult place of trying to win a job when somebody else had been there a couple of years. But it, this guy has got incredible talent, no doubt about it. And I think that could be a, uh, you know, it, it could be a plus for Wisconsin. Big picture. Cone did a nice job. He I mean, did. I think he was a, a he was a, a good a caretaker at quarterback. Uh, game manager like Wisconsin tends to have, and did some nice things also with with Quintez Cephas and Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. But I, I think Burtz is the difference maker, and you know okay. he's still young. And if he if he could play a little bit this year, I, I would dare say if he's if he's the starter by the end of the year, uh, he'll be a difference maker for the Badgers.
2: Doc, you wrote last week about the television schedule and the possibility we're going to find out some start times of these Big Ten games. Still nothing here as we sit on Monday. I know you wrote about that on Thursday and heard from Bartle late last week. Where's the latest? When do you anticipate we're going to get some start times and find out games that are going to be moved off Saturdays into Thursdays or Fridays?
4: Uh, you know, either five minutes ago or five minutes <laughs> after I could then talk it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's gonna happen today. Okay. Not stay tomorrow at the very latest. I just can't see them dragging this out because, especially that first weekend. I mean, if they're going to play on the 23rd, which is what they're saying, mm-hmm. you got to you got to let people know because, like Barta was saying, and this is true: is they got logistical issues. You know, you got to if you're flying somewhere and you've got to get in, you know, you got to line up some jets, you got to line up some hotel rooms, and we're not talking about. 15, 25 people associated with a basketball program. We're talking 140 people, you know, with football. And you've got to – and coaches want to kind of outline their practices in advance for that. So they've got to get that thing figured out. And They should have probably figured out the first Friday night game, if nothing else, when they release the schedule. And uh, you know, but this, this is this has gone on far enough. I mean, just come on
0: already. I'm with you. It sounds as though, doc, that potentially there might be some fly to the road game, but but bus home as everybody looks to tighten athletic budgets. Uh, is, is, that the, is that something that you're hearing?
4: Without a doubt, yeah, and that's what Iowa's going to do. And I think I can see a lot of teams doing it. Traditionally, Iowa had bust to three different locations: Iowa State, of course, Wisconsin, very close trip. And Northwestern, because the logistics of getting in and out of the airport there and then getting on a bus and going to Evanston was just to the point of, ah, oh, forget it. Just let's just take the bus. And occasionally they would do that with Illinois. But now I think what they're seeing is, um, you know, it, and, and I haven't checked for a few years, but it was kind of in the neighborhood of about $8,000 to send a, bu- a heap of buses to, in Illinois where it was like, you know, 60000 to fly, and when they had money to spend, that wasn't a big deal, you know, and but now it is a big deal. And if they can, you know, whether it's uh, if they have a Friday night game, maybe they'll uh, fly there and bus back, or if it's a Saturday game, you know, they might bus both ways to a Minneapolis or a Purdue or, or an Illinois. So now they won't do that to, to Penn State. That would be ridiculous. Right. But But so, you know, that's a way to save – one hundred fifty thousand dollars off a budget that's uh, you know really crumbling as we speak.
0: Uh, will you be at Jack Trice uh, Saturday afternoon? To see Texas Tech. Uh,
4: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be there this week. Uh, but uh, you know, obviously, you know, Matt Olson is gonna be kind of following the Big gotcha. Twelve the rest of the way. And and uh, right now, you know, starting tomorrow with the availability of
0: players, uh, I'll be all in on, on covering Iowa again. Good stuff, Scott Dockerman. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Right, thanks so much. Good to talk to you, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. And Monday night football segment coming up. We'll start with our friend Dave Sinek, and he covers the Packers at com. Do five or six minutes with Dave. And then uh, segue to Nick Athen, the Chiefs and the Patriots. Six o'clock, KCCI has that one. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
2: KXNO, 10. org.
0: Welcome back. Monday Night Football segment. Let's get to it. Dave Sinekin momentarily. Nick Athen covers the Chiefs. Primetime SportsTalk.com coming up in no six or seven minutes. But right now, our friend Dave Sinekin, the Packers, will play tonight before they head into their bye. We have no idea who's going to catch Aaron Rodgers' passes. (laughs) Uh, Dave Sinekin joins us. Dave, Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. Do you remember, Dave, it wasn't too many years ago, and I know you'll recall this, uh, that we had no idea who was going to run the football for the Packers and they actually bought receivers to make them running backs. Might we see the reverse here tonight? Is it that bad?
1: Well, I think um, Aaron Rodgers has proven that he can pretty much find anybody that's willing to go run a route and find a way to get him the football. I'm, I'm much less concerned about who's going to catch the ball tonight as I am who's going to stop the Falcons tonight because the Packers have a lot of questionable defensive players. You might say their three best guys are are all questionable tonight, so that's going to be a big storyline.
2: Give us a a couple of names if we ultimately find out Devontae Adams can't go past Valdez Scantling that is going to be out there catching balls. I I heard a possibility maybe two guys brought up from the practice squad to play tonight.
1: Well, um, first of all, Devontae Adams did tweet earlier that he was not being allowed to play. He made it really clear that that, the doctors had uh, overruled him. He has since deleted that tweet, uh, but he was very disappointed to... uh, be told that he's going to rest through the bye, which I think is the right call for sure. Yeah, losing Lazard is is a big blow after he blew up last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the next guy up. He's uh, had some very productive nights. He's the deep threat. Uh, He has all the tools physically. He just tends to drop the ball. I think that's going to be the only thing that can slow down the Packers passing attack against the uh, (laughs) 31st-ranked secondary and and passing uh, defense of the Falcons Uh, beyond MVS you got two guys, uh, Darius Shepard and Malik Taylor. Now, Malik Taylor made the original 53. He made the team over and favorite Jay Kumaro, who's now on the Bills practice squad, and Green Bay did not elect to snipe Kumaro off the Bills practice squad, which a lot of us found kind of surprising in light of how much trust he has with Aaron Rodgers, at least from Rodgers' perspective. So, Malik Taylor, a big physical back out of Flint, Michigan, uh, he is going to get a chance, and Darius Shepard, the former NDSU bison who Made the team last year and famously on the Monday night game against Detroit, uh, really had a bad game. He bobbled a punt that the Lions recovered. He dropped a pass that turned into an interception and was uh, demoted two weeks later. He's fought his way back. There's been stories written about how he just shadows Devontae Adams everywhere. And, And I wouldn't be surprised if Darius Shepard has a bit of redemption tonight on Monday night. But I do expect Green Bay to target the tight ends often I expect Aaron Jones to go out wide a lot with Jamal Williams in the backfield because Jones is such a good receiver I, I have very very little concern really truly guys about the Packers scoring without those two guys remember they went 4-0 and without Devontae Adams last year mm-hmm. before Lizard had blown up and they averaged 35 a game in, in those four games so if, if Green Bay was paying a really tough defense with really good corners uh, I may have more concern, but as I said, I I have many more worries on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and
0: I want to get into those guys in a minute, including in particular uh, Jair Exa- Alexander, uh, Louisville, a couple of years now in the league. I think he's going to be a star. But just before we get into those guys who may or may not be able to go tonight on the defensive side of the ball, help me out on Lazard. He played last week with this injury and had a career day while suffering from this core injury. Dave, is that how I read it?
1: Yeah, they haven't really clarified at what point in the game he suffered the injury. My, my hunch is it had to have happened late because it's the kind of injury that you can't really turn or cut. In fact, if you saw his press conference last week when he got up from the table, there was a a, a real groan as he tried to lift his body up from his chair. And mm. so that, that muscle around the stomach really restricts you. So it happened at some point in the game, my guess is late, and uh, we were all caught by a surprise midweek when we heard that he was headed for IR and surgery and, and probably lost until the last quarter of the season or so. Wow.
0: All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Alexander, I, I think he's a shutdown corner already this early in his career. I'm really high on him. But uh, the other two, uh, one, one of the Smiths and, of course, Kenny Clark, uh, those are the three I'm i I'm guessing you're referring to as Kirksey is already out. What's the likelihood any of those trio go?
1: Yeah, all three are questionable, as is Rashawn Gary, who – has really stepped up early this year, and if Zadarius Smith can't go, they would certainly count on Gary to take those snaps. Uh, it's really hard to read the tea on these guys because Alexander was fine until Saturday, and then he pops up with a knee, questionable. So, you know, I have no idea how ready Alexander is. I think he's the most important tonight uh, with uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, both cleared to play. Jones has been a perennial Packer killer. He scored a touchdown every game always seems to get 100 yards, and Ridley is really the Q, the WR1 for that team right now, and I would think Alexander would be uh, sort of tuned into where Ridley goes tonight because he's really dangerous. So, you know, I certainly hope he goes, but I, that happens so late on Saturday, I have no idea. Uh, I, I think that, the, that Smith and Gary are probably good to go. You know, if we had a probable designation, I have a feeling they'd both show up there. They practiced all week, though limited. So my hunch is the two pass rushers go Kenny Clark's the other big question. I think he's leading toward playing. Uh, the Packers showed last year leading into the bye week they weren't afraid to play guys with muscle injuries. There were a couple of guys that did play in that game. Um, Clark made it sound like in interviews last week that uh, he'd be good to go. But, again, I, I believe it when I see it. Uh, he's the most important player on the Packers' defense. The, the defense stops, starts with stopping the run. They're going to try to feed Gurley tonight. Uh, and not put Ryan in in tough situations. So I think Clark plays. I think the pass rushers play. Jair, uh, total question mark. So we'll we'll all be watching us Packer fans when the inactive list comes out 90 minutes before kickoff.
0: And all you Packer fans, I highly encourage you to head to theheadcheese.com. You can see Dave's forecast, his prediction on the game. Uh, He's got a tight game. I won't spoil it. I'm going to encourage you to all go there, theheadcheese.com. Dave, thank you. We'll talk to you after the bye week. Appreciate it, Dave Sinekin. Thanks, Ken. Lots of points tonight. That I'm sure of. Yes, you are, by the looks <laughs> of your forecast, indeed. Thanks, Dave. Good to talk to you. All right, see ya. Yep, take care. Let's get to Nick Athen. Uh, this one kind of is a surprise that we're going to have a <laughs> doubleheader of Monday Night Football. Uh, Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Uh, Nick, um I I thought maybe Tuesday was more likely if the game was going to be played at all this week, but by all accounts, no positives. The Patriots went to the airport this morning, so they're flying there. They're in the air as we speak, I believe. Um, Were you surprised that the game got moved to Monday and maybe not tried to find a way to squeeze it in at some other point in the year?
5: Well, I, I, I think it made a lot of sense. The issue was the Chiefs and the Patriots were, they both wanted to play Monday. They were both open to Tuesday. However... Uh, Fox Sports did not want to move the Buffalo Chiefs game a week from Thursday, so that was the big. They they, they offered to put that into the you know late game on Sunday. They they said no. Uh, you know they want that prime time game, so they compromised for Monday. Chiefs played home Sunday against the, I guess they're the hapless Raiders again, mm-hmm. and then they Thursday they go to Buffalo, and what could be the game that determines who has the number one seed? And I thought I'd never say that, but. Um, listen, I think the Chiefs are well-rested. I think they needed the extra day, especially a guy like Chris Jones, who's 50-50 to play tonight. Um, you know, I, I think it benefits everybody to do it on Monday.
2: So the Chiefs are a huge favorite in this game. No Cam Newton, but it is Bill Belichick. And though the Chiefs finally slayed <laughs> that dragon a year ago, does that lay any concern right. for you as a Chiefs fan of just looking at this matchup? Yeah, on paper, the Chiefs should win, but it's still Belichick.
5: Yeah, it's still Belichick. So, listen, I am not going to disrespect that man at any point going forward. For as long as he decides to coach, he's the greatest NFL coach of all time. Yeah. Um, if he can devise a plan where they can run the ball, granted Tony Michelle isn't going to be playing, and that defense can make enough stops, and they do a grinded out get game, kind of like what the Chargers did, um, that would not surprise me at all. It would not surprise me if this is a low scoring game. It would not surprise me that the Chiefs are going to have to make plays in the fourth quarter to win. And it supplies me if it's a blowout, you know, by the by, by the second quarter. So anytime check winds up, um, you know that defense has played really well this year, with the exception of the Seattle game. And I think that uh, you know they're this, this, this missing Newton is huge. Um, you know, I'm not a Hoyer fan by any stretch. Right. But I, I, you just can't count on Belichick any game. I'm sorry. No, I'm with you. I
0: thought it was going to be Stidham. I was surprised that Hoyer got the gig because Stidham mm-hmm. seemed to be getting all the headlines uh, before yep. Newton had gone there. Uh, look, the, the secondary, and I'm with you, I, when they played Seattle, I did not think that that was their best defensive effort. Both of the McCourty still have some, something left in the tanks. Stephon Gilmore, one mm-hmm. of the better cornerbacks in the entire league. Uh, so the defense for the Patriots, it's a little salty here, Nick.
5: Yeah, I mean, the secondary, their secondary hasn't been playing that great. I mean, they've really done well because that front four has just been dynamic. You know, with all the defections, you know, through COVID and and the guys that opted out, you thought for sure this defense would take a step back. And again, outside that Seattle game, let's let's be honest, you know, Russell Wilson is the top, you know, one, two, or three quarterback in the league. Mm -hmm. So there's no shame in, in getting torched by him. But Gilmore really hasn't played that well. You know, the end of last year, he didn't play well. He hasn't played well so far this year. He still is pound for pound the best cornerback in the NFL. So, listen, you know he can come up and have a huge game. You know Patrick Mahomes does make mistakes. You know he's had his issues with you know playing consistently in, in in any of the Patriots games he's played so far. You know I'm talking quarter to quarter. So you know if he has a down quarter or two, that could be a problem. But you know <clears throat> the, the the Patriots defense, if that front four can 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 do what the Chargers did, you know could give some fits. Um, to catch for home from
0: the offense. Uh, and then Vegas this weekend, and you mentioned the the, uh, the tight turnaround. That Buffalo game, Nick, that's got everybody's attention on that Thursday night football. Yep. As we talked a couple of weeks ago, that one, uh, to me, is there. And then the Tampa Bay game, those are the two, to me, that uh, may prevent the uh, the perfecto, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Nick Athen, <laughs> com. Nick, thanks for jumping on. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. All
5: right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good Appreciate
0: to talk it. to you. Nick Athen, and Dave Sinekin as we preview the double dip of MNF.
2: We get Major League Baseball back going again today. Absolutely. Pretty good Wonderful start to the week. Month, is it not? October is the best month of sports.
0: It's pretty good. It's really good. <laughs> uh, Bama Bob, Trent and I will go around college football. Dave Sproul, KASI on the Cyclones. Mr. Monday Night with an appearance. An hour to go, 1460, 106.3 FM.